welcome to the glory in our stories. On this episode, we'll be speaking with Sakoni Hunt. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode 49 of the Glory Not Stories. I had to remember. Um, for those of you who are listening, I am approaching episode 50. It's been over a year. Uh, since I started this podcast. Um, the point of it is to have intimate conversations with everyday people who have extraordinary experiences. Um, I think one thing that we're missing out on are those intimate interactions that we have with each other. And it seems as if there are other things that are causing major distractions. And I personally didn't want to lose sight of that. Um, I've come across a lot of different people um, within the first five minutes of a conversation with them. I'm reminded of how different we all are, yet similar. Um, my guest for today is Sakoni Hunt. I met Sakoni three years ago at the dental college. Um, the cool thing about her at the time, which is probably still true, I think she was the youngest one there, um, but had the most wit. So um, once, <laughs> once I met her, and uh, she solidified who she was uh, the moment she opened her mouth. Uh, which is not a bad thing, um, but um, she um, she really helped me as far as stepping my foot into uh, that part of the corporate world. I wasn't familiar with being in a in a medical or any facility and knowing how things operated. But she was very helpful. Uh, but what mostly intrigued me about her, as far as this podcast, she's been um, she posts a lot of random things on Instagram, but all of it is relevant, but it makes you question, like, where did this come from? Because I'm so used to seeing her in a professional setting. And the beautiful thing about social media, it actually gives you a glimpse of a part of, of, of an, an extension of this person that you probably never knew. And whenever they say just a few words, it makes you wonder, like, what led up to that? Um, so, um, first of all, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. And I uh, really appreciate it. Um, she's usually mean with me at work. So, <laughs> this is probably the nicest she'll ever be to me. Yep. Which is fine. <laughs> but, um, I guess the first question would be what I always ask everyone is, uh, were you, uh, where are you from originally? I was born and raised here in Augusta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Yep. I are you, do you, uh, any regrets? Do you prefer to have lived somewhere else? No, or? I love Augusta. Really? Like, really. I truly love the city. It's not, it's a perfect place for me because there's, it's not too slow. Yeah. But it's not too fast. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of people say that we're kind of transitioning to a little Atlanta. I do not want it to become a little Atlanta. <laughs> no, not at all. Because um, since I've been working with other artists, one mm -hmm. thing that they're getting tired of is people comparing Augusta to Atlanta. Yeah. And not just... Um, like geographically as far as its size mm -hmm. but it's just Atlanta offers a lot more and Atlanta's a lot more fast paced yeah. I don't really like a fast pace personally for myself yeah. like I like I like that even though it's the second largest city in Georgia that anywhere you go you're gonna see somebody you know you know it's like a big city but a hometown feel in my opinion like yeah. 
you know, you're not gonna run across somebody that you've probably never seen. And even if you don't know them, you're probably like, I've seen them here in this city before, you know? Mm-hmm. So I like that. I like that, you know, it's kind of a close-knit city. Not too many crimes happening. I mean, every city has crimes, but I think this is a nice city. It has a lot to offer. And I personally love the medical field, so this is like the best place to be. Yeah. We have so many hospitals, so many medical facilities. So I just love it. Which are the, uh, what other states have you visited? Um, um, not too many. I've been to California. I've, had, I've got family in California. Um, I've been to Hawaii before. Um, of course, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia. My brother lives in Virginia. Mm-hmm. But no further than that. Would, like, you, would you like to go like further up north, like New York um, or the Midwest? No, places, states like that do not attract me. Like, everybody gets excited about New York. That's not a state I would want to visit because yeah. I feel like it is cold, cold-hearted. Like, <laughs> like how the South is warm and friendly and loving. Places like that don't attract me because it's fast-paced. Yeah. Like when you see pictures of people running in the streets, that intimidates me. So mm-hmm. I'd rather Georgia all day. And Georgia seems a lot more neutral. Yes. In comparison, because um, at one point I did want to move to Atlanta, mm-hmm. but after visiting and hitting the highway, yeah, and being somewhere where two lanes turn to five yeah you know i'm like no it's not if you're not used to it yeah it's not yeah it's not preferable for me because i like a slower pace and atlanta is always going and i mean it is a melting pot you got everybody up there but i just i like i go up there to visit i love to Mm -hmm. go up there for like day trips you know because you can do more stuff but then when i get home i'm like i like this better yeah yeah so augusta probably home augusta will be home for me i definitely think so I, I i don't regret still being here and all my family is here i have no reason really to leave yeah yeah when i was in um thompson which is probably one seventh mm-hmm. of this city um a lot of people would give you um flag for being there and living mm-hmm. there yeah um but the thing is there are pockets in thompson where people who retire yeah. they live there it's like right in the middle mm-hmm. it's really nice beautiful houses yeah um but learning that it's not it's okay to call a place that you've grown up in your entire life home mm-hmm. um, because it, it it fits you yeah it's it's like putting on clothing that you sort of finally fits every aspect of your body and okay. even your personality mm-hmm. um and I think I w- it is okay to go other places to explore, mm-hmm. but as far as like where I would want to live permanently, I think yeah. Georgia. But I would like to visit different places, but I would want to live my home to be in Georgia. Like if I had a choice, I would move to Virginia. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm probably overstepping my boundaries because mm-hmm. a lot of people will say, uh, why would you want to leave up north? Because it's very cold and yeah. always snowy. And mm-hmm. down here, uh, the weather is so inconsistent yeah and for somebody like with allergies yeah it's it's painful so to be somewhere where you don't have to worry about that the entire time see i wouldn't think about that because i don't have allergies like that but you you make a good point steady you know steady weather Mm -hmm. but i I don't know when i think of i've never been to west virginia but when i think of it it just seems so slow like i just just, but i mean i've never been so i don't know i'll have to go visit i think the the furthest I, I visited California mm-hmm. uh, earlier last year. Yeah, you loved it, right? Yeah, it's I like, did. It's like the experience, yeah. but yeah. I wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. I wouldn't want to live there. 
It's oh, like the Atlanta on steroids, California. Like, I guess it depending what parts you visit. Mm-hmm. But no, it was wonderful to visit, but it went on another thing. Yeah. So, um, growing up here, uh, which which high school did you go to? Okay, so I went to Hepsiba High, which mm-hmm. is in the city of Hepsiba. I um, went there for all of my middle school until the 11th grade. Me and my okay. mom, we um, we left Hepsiba. We moved down to Augusta, which is like a 30-minute drive. And then I attended Richmond. I was not happy about that at all. Like, it's a long story, but I was not happy about attending a high school for one year when I didn't know anybody there. Yeah. But that turned out to be a huge blessing because going throughout high school, I didn't really have friends like that. People knew of me and I knew of people, but I didn't really have, like, a friend. Yeah. So when I went to Richmond my senior year, well, a little bit of my 11th grade year, my entire senior year, I met my current best friend. She was new there. She's a military brat. She was new there, I was new there, kind of like randomly sitting next to each other in the lunchroom, mm-hmm. and we became best friends. And I also met my brother at Richmond. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, it was met, like God definitely planned for me to do it. I was upset about it, but yeah. it turned to be a, a big blessing. Did he, did y'all recognize each other at first? It or? was so crazy. So my brother is not even nine, ten months younger than me, mm-hmm. and all my life I always knew I had a brother. Yeah. Right here in Augusta. And my dad would always tell me, you know, you have a brother, you should reach out to him and stuff. And my mom even said, you know, when we were younger, she would try to get his mom and me to kind of meet up together because mm-hmm. me and my brother had the same father. And so when I found out that he attended Richmond, I was like, wow, I'm going to get to meet him. Never seen him or anything. Like, yeah. just knew I had a brother. So when I got there, it was like maybe the second day of school, and I saw this guy who resembled my dad. And I was like, mm-hmm. is your name Jordan? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm Sakoni, like super excited. And he was like, I was like, I'm your sister. And wow. he literally said, okay, and turn around. Like he was not thrilled at all. And that hurt my feelings so bad. I was like, oh, wow, shut down. Wow. But later on, I found out that really he just associated me with our father, who he's not too close with. Mm-hmm. Now we're super close. Yeah. But yeah, I met him at the age of 17 wow. at Richmond. So it was like predestined for me to go there. Because if not, I probably wouldn't be close with them now. Yeah. yeah. I've actually ran into a couple of people who met siblings recently wow. in their lives. And that sounds scary because you're so used to something yeah. else. Like growing like I grew up with two older sisters. Yeah. And to find out that we I had a sibling here. But it's funny how you said that because the siblings half siblings associate each other based off that one parent Mother. that they yeah. have in common. Oh yeah, exactly. So the experience we had with our father mm-hmm. was never really good. Yeah. So once we started at least trying to know each other, it was a sort of a resistance because yeah. we weren't used to being in each other's company. Yeah. Um, but and I think that's most typical black families. Like my sister, whom my mother birthed, I don't mm-hmm. consider her my half sister because we share the same mom. Yeah. Where my brother and I, you know, I don't call him my half brother, but I just see him as my half brother because it's the same father we weren't raised mm-hmm. together but technically my sister is my half sister and my brother because we don't share the same mother and father yeah so it's just i think that happens a lot like my grandmother even says like oh that's not your half sister that's your sister sister mm-hmm. all because you come from the same mom and usually yeah. that's what happens you know if you're not raised like that in a tight family mm-hmm. whoever the majority whoever you're with majority you consider that side of your family like my full family you know yeah it's strange but we're close now um and we're still getting closer to our father so Mm -hmm. it's a growing process for sure 
Now you did, and that was the one thing I wanted to mm-hmm. mention because yeah. um, you had posted a Bible verse on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then your statement was, "Now this has allowed me to forgive yeah. my father." Now, at the beginning, was it more of what type of relationship was it when I so, guess when you started reaching out or vice versa with my dad? Yeah. Okay, so with my dad, pretty much growing up, I've always known of my father and knew his name, knew he what who he was, but I didn't know anything about him really. I yeah. maybe saw him maybe like every five years of my life like I can remember seeing him when I was like seven and I remember he would get me and of course he would try to take me somewhere and do something fun and then it'd be years before I would see him again but I um, always knew of him I never resented him or anything I like I never felt any type of way about him because my mom loved me so good like my mom really showed me love where I never really yearned like that father thing I never decided like to be a daddy's girl yeah because my mom gave me enough love where I just wasn't looking for looking for it so I'm super blessed to have her but um as I got older like I would say I never met anybody on my dad's side besides mm-hmm. my brother at 17 I didn't know who my aunts uncles grandparents none of that on my dad's side I didn't even know like a grandma or grandpa's name I literally only knew my dad it's the only person I knew on his side yeah and so um when I got older, I was like, man, I could bump into somebody and it could be a family member. You know, I could meet a guy, be interested in him, and I could find out I'm related to him because I don't know my dad's side of the family. Yeah. That kind of was scary. So I reached out to him and I was like, Dad, I want to meet your family. And I'm like, you know, why have you never brought me around your family? And he was like, I really don't hang around them or I don't mind. We can meet them. And I was like, you know, I, it didn't hit me till later on in life. I realized, like, he didn't bring me around his family because he really didn't want to be around his family. Yeah. So at 25, I met my aunt, his sister. We actually met on Facebook. I got a friend request from a lady whose last name was Hunt, which I didn't know anybody in my family. It was my same last name. And she looked like me. And she just sent me a friend request. And I messaged her and said, are you related to my dad? Like, you resemble me. And she's like, yeah, I'm your aunt. And I literally drove to Elberton, Georgia, where they're from, and mm-hmm. met all of my dad's side of the family. And it was oh. like, wow, these people look like me. They're a family. <laughs> they have my last name. And it was just so amazing to me. Um, we haven't really stayed in touch over the years, but it was just great to actually meet some of my dad's side of the family and say, like, okay, I know some people from his side. I found out who my great my grandmother was. Um, a little bit about my granddad mm-hmm. and I kind of got to find out like where my dad comes from and why he is the way he is yeah. so it taught me a lot like my dad is a functioning alcoholic pretty much mm-hmm. he 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 pretty much sometimes I act like his mom and he says that a lot like I show him tough love because I feel like he didn't really raise me I have respect for him but not the same respect I have for my mother yeah. like when I look at him, I'm just like, I'm not going to say I'm not proud of him, but it's just like, I don't know that person, you know, it's like, I didn't come from that lifestyle, you know, of drinking. My mom never allowed liquor in her house, never any type of alcohol. So it's like, my parents are like night and day. So, I mean, just, just meeting his side of the family kind of shot me a lot. And then as I got older, it's like, God was telling me like, don't be mad at your dad because you never know what he had to go through or why he is the way he is mm-hmm. you know really i should take the time to try to understand him so i can know why he is the way he is yeah. and so like one day i read this novel actually by ryan weems i read it mm-hmm. and i realized like i should forgive him because the same way i was hurting from not really having him around and 
wondering why he was what he was, he probably experienced that because he didn't grow up with his family. Yeah. Like his mom died before he was probably five and he never knew his father like that. So I was like, the same way that I'm judging him for not being there for me, he probably did with his parents. Mm -hmm. So rather than like being upset with him, I was more forgiving to be like, wow, you know, maybe you went through this and maybe that's why you turned to other things. So yeah. it just made me like, you know what, forgive him. You had a good life still. Do you think that's, uh, going back to the beginning of that, do you think that is a chronic problem uh, within the black family, not exposing the younger generation to, the, to its history? Definitely. Yeah, like, um, you hear a lot of people talking about, like, doing the DNA thing so they can kind of find out the history of their family. Mm -hmm. I'm really interested in that because, you know, you kind of, like, for me personally, my generation starts with my grandmother and that's not that far back yeah. you know any anything past my grandmother I don't know and it's like you know if you don't know your history you don't really know who you are in mm -hmm. a sense and so being that I only know like if I was to do a family tree it would be so small yeah. like my mother doesn't know her father so that's another side of the family that I don't know yeah. and so it's like you can only go so far so that's I say yeah you're right history can because maybe if I knew you know, what my other what other parts of my family and people that I don't know of did and what they went through, it would make me kind of look at life differently or mm -hmm. um, want to do things differently or, you know, like accomplish things just because you just don't know. You just kind of just go off of what you've seen. I saw my grandma do this. I saw my mom do that. So yeah. this is what I should probably do. I remember um, when my dad mom's passed, mm -hmm. I think it was last year or the year before that, it was the weirdest feeling because I didn't know her. Wow. Um, I knew of her, but I didn't know her. Mm -hmm. Funny thing is, she looks just like my sister. Wow. Uh, well, my mother's sister. Um, but when I was around her, when the, the last time I saw her it was 2014, I think, right after my college graduation. Mm -hmm. And I went in to hug her, and it was the weirdest feeling in the world. And my mind didn't say, this is my grandmother. My mind said, this is an older woman in a home, yeah. in a bed. Yeah. That's all I know. Like a stranger. Yeah. And it was the weirdest thing. But when she passed, I told myself, that's a part of our history. We will never know. Because yeah. dad doesn't talk like that. He's not very open. Mm -hmm. If you ask him, he probably would. Mm -hmm. But the way he communicates that, it doesn't help us any. Yeah. It's just there's a disconnect yeah and um but yeah that's how a lot of particular in particular black families are they don't want to talk about it because it hurts them or it, it might bring up something that they don't want to really think about but when they keep withhold the information from us that that's longer that we don't know yeah and then when they pass when they leave this earth then we're stuck with no like no leads on like to figure out because they were like kind of like our only hope of knowing things mm -hmm. and that my family is my family is definitely like that my great grandmother was a very secretive woman that wanted to have an image she wanted her family to look a certain way and be thought of as a certain way so a lot of things she brushed under the rug or just didn't want to talk about where like recently about to get off the topic my mother my grandmother has three daughters and one son. The one son was given up for adoption at birth um, 
because my grandmother wasn't married when she conceived him. Yeah. My great grandmother made her leave him in the hospital. She was like, "You're not bringing that bastard child home." Yeah. So, my mom and my my mom and her sisters always knew they had a brother, but they didn't know his name or anything like that. They just always knew because mm -hmm. my aunt, my really nosy aunt, she stumbled upon his birth certificate. So, um, you know, nobody talked about it. And my grandmother, she didn't mention it, but my grandmother was pretty much like, we're going to just forget about that. Mm -hmm. Well, he found us, like, last September he found us. He wow. did the ancestry or DNA mm -hmm. thing, and um, he found us. And I couldn't believe it. Like, it was like a movie. Like, wow. This, we, you know, we at first didn't believe it. He did a DNA test, and it was him. He found us. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And now I found out I have a whole family. I have cousins. He has a wife and all that. And it's just like, wow, you know, because yeah. things are brushed under the rug and not talked about, you know. Yeah. So oh, it's crazy. Um, I always wanted to. Do you find yourself like now with the relationship with your dad? Are mm -hmm. you all have, able to have like conversations? Like he asks you about your life and vice yeah, versa. All the time. He um, he always asks me. He always tells me how proud he is of me. Mm -hmm. Like, he always says, I'm so proud that, you know, you and your brother didn't turn out like me, you know. It's, he's always saying how proud he is. I love him. I love my dad. But I just, sometimes I feel like I just wish I could, like, change where he, where he is in life right now. Like, sometimes I act like his mom. Like, I just want to take him in and just, like, remold him in a sense. Mm -hmm. But I've learned that I can't. He's a grown man. So all I can do is pray for him. But yeah. we talk. Um, we talk maybe every blue moon. We're friends on Facebook. He comments on stuff, but he's just not where I would want. To. I'm not proud to say like my dad is, you know, doing this or that, and he's not stable. He's not, you know, yeah. stable right now. So, but we talk, we communicate. I remember um, you made a point. That's the reality that I had to face mm -hmm. with my dad was that I can't change him. Yeah. And even it's not my responsibility Child, yeah. to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's outside my jurisdiction as mm -hmm. a human being. Yeah. Um, so I got to the point where you said that you had a revelation. And mine was through a movie that he actually recommended me watching. Wow. I was very much younger. I think it's the year it came out. Mm -hmm. It was the He Got Game. With, uh, Denzel Washington. Yes. Wow. And he said, you need to watch this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, whatever. Because I was I was into basketball. Yeah. But the more I watched it, I, it's one of my favorite films. Yeah. But that last scene with him, Jake and Jesus Shuttlesworth, when they was playing, mm -hmm. uh, basically for each other's livelihood and fate. And that last line, he said, get your hatred out your heart before you end up like me. Mm -hmm. And I was like... <laughs> oh, okay but I was young yeah but I had recently thought about that last year mm -hmm. and it just had a different meaning meaning for you yeah. so I had to get to the point where I was like just accept him for the way he is yeah. and, and love him yeah oh yeah because I mean you spend so much time being upset or wishing that this person was a certain way that before you know it they won't be here anymore and I feel like any moment with a person while they're alive is precious you should appreciate it even if my dad is an alcoholic and you know sometimes that is my biggest fear is that one day I'll get a phone call that he's not here anymore yeah. and sometimes I think like that would hurt me that would really sadden me like I would be hurt because I'm like no matter if we were super close or not that's my father mm -hmm. I wouldn't be here without him yeah so I think about that sometimes and um, you know 
I feel the power of prayer is super strong. So I believe if I continue to pray for him and he really wants to change, mm-hmm. he will. No matter if he's 70 or 80, if he really wants to change and, and, and he turns his life over to God, I think it's never going to be too late. And even mm-hmm. if he is older, I will be so happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, thank God. Yeah. So along with uh, the aspiration of having, making sure your dad is where he needs to be, mm-hmm. um, not just with himself in relation to himself, mm-hmm. but with you and every, and every other and other people. Yeah. Because obviously the biggest, the most valuable thing that we can ever have with it is is a relationship with another person. Exactly. Um, that those, that's worth investing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as investing, like in yourself, yes. like as far as everything that you wanted to do that you've aspired to do the plans that you've made Mm -hmm. since you were a little girl like what is it that you feel is your personal purpose and Mm -hmm. passion and if so do they overlap or are they different okay so even right now at 27 i still wonder sometimes like what am i supposed to do in life and i know this is like a broad range but i know that my purpose in life is to help people yeah and you can do that in so many ways like I get like true joy from helping people. So like even if that with our current job, I feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose when I help people. And so at first I thought maybe I should study psychology so I can study people's mind, then I can help them that way. But I don't know, I feel like that's kind of putting me in a box a little bit. And so even right now, I don't really truly know what I want to do like as far as my career Mm -hmm. but I know that my purpose in life I know that God placed me on earth to help people I didn't know that like in any way I can like any way I can help someone I'll do it like even if I don't know them I'll try to help somebody strangers or anybody but you know what the bad thing is I'll help a stranger out sometime before I help family and that's one thing I need to work on that you know people always say family first I wasn't, our family, my family isn't close like that, yeah. so we'll help other people before we help each other, because my family's not close at all, so I thank God, sometimes he's like reminding me like, hey, you know, take care of your family too, you know, look out for them too, or do what you need to do, because that's also part of your purpose, but it's harder to help those you're close to, mm-hmm. it's easier to help strangers sometimes, Yeah. so I, I'm working on that, but I do know that my purpose in life is to help people guide them to God um, I'm not perfect at all sometimes I'm like I can't really tell somebody to do this when I'm doing things too but God knows our hearts of course and even in the midst of like doing things you shouldn't do I know that you can still help helping people isn't a trend um, I believe this is something we're all born to do whether we want to do it or not um, I think the awesome thing is we're placed in positions um, where at the end of the day we have to tell ourselves it's not about me. I can hear that um, while listening to Sakoni, and I sense that um, when it comes to her job, you know, and her, um, which is part of her calling. Part of her calling is to help those who can't really help themselves, and you can get a great sense of that the more you listen to her story and notice that she she highlighted the fact that she isn't perfect that she sits she's still in process and in the process of processing she's assisting everyone else 
Continue to listen. Episode 49 of The Glory in Our Stories with Sakoni Hunt. Speaking of guiding, uh, that's one thing that I've learned as a coworker that you'd always have done very well. Guiding patients to where they need to go. Guiding people. If anybody had a question, if you couldn't answer it, you knew somebody who could. Yeah. You weren't dismissive. And um, I'm personally... I uh, find that very admirable, Thank you. Um, especially with older people. Yeah. And um, because at some point we're going to be that age, yeah. And we're going to exactly. need assistance. Yeah. And we don't know if we're going to run across somebody young who doesn't care, yeah. or somebody who find takes a liking yeah. to humanity and say, "Yo, she or he needs help. Let me do what I can." Yeah, it's like the golden rule: you treat others how you want to be treated. And I really believe that, like, when I go places or whenever I'm doing something I know I want to be treated a certain way and it's so easy just to dismiss people or just brush things off and it's it doesn't take what a second to actually take your time and put yourself fully into a situation yeah. so that you can resolve something rather than just brushing it off which really never resolves it you know it's like actually take your time do what needs to be done and then you can you'll be done with it rather mm-hmm. than sweeping things off and oh somebody else will handle it and people really you sometimes you like oh, nobody ever acknowledges what I do you get acknowledgement from God and mm-hmm. other people sometimes will tell you and you're like wow I appreciate that so yeah. I, I, that's another thing I really love about helping people is because you know it's a good feeling for yourself it's not about somebody see me do this or do people know that I help them it's like a good feeling inside like help them yeah yeah it's the uh the concept of being obedient yes and um it's not always easy no it's not especially if you have to help someone Mm -hmm. who was not the nicest to you yes oh man that's hard oh man (laughs) but the beautiful thing that i've learned is that when you're yourself Mm -hmm. and you're as kind as you can possibly be yeah somebody who's probably had the worst day of their life would recognize that yeah so even in the initial contact and they're like completely upset yeah more than likely they'll probably come back and apologize yeah. so i'm sorry i'm really sorry uh such and such happens having a really bad day mm-hmm. i didn't mean to take that out on you exactly my mom taught me this quote that i'll live with for the rest of my life she always says hurting people hurt people yeah. and sometimes the people that you think are the meanest or why are they so nasty or so rude always so angry there's something hurting them yeah. like they might not even know what it is, but nobody just wants to walk around angry or hurting or sad. There's there's always something deeper to it, and it's so crazy. So now that I'm older, when I see someone upset, I go, gosh, I wonder what's hurting them. I wonder what's really wrong. Because yeah. I know they're just not like that naturally. And, you know, you just, if you, if you like you said, if you can just even be nice to them, even if they don't really, they, they'll recognize it. They'll know that, you know, even sometimes some people want you to get angry with them. If you just don't feed off that energy, they're like, gosh, something, something about them. Like they just won't, they won't do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's so easy to be nasty and rude. It's really easy to be nasty and rude. Yeah. It takes effort and it takes strength to be nice and to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So and I'm like, just keep trying, <laughs> just keep trying. So yeah. Um, exposing yourself. That's the, and that's fun, man. Like when you, as you get older, and you get to a certain point in your life, you think, okay, what I've learned is enough at this point but it's always that room for growth Mm -hmm. and it's so awesome when you are revealed to certain parts of yourself that you didn't know ever existed like you didn't know you were able to do that like you didn't know that you had this much patience or that you had this much resistance 
uh, towards anything that comes your way and being able to give somebody something knowing they're never going to get the th same thing in return yeah. that takes a lot of uh, introspection and having the ability to say at that moment it's not about me yeah that's one that's been one of the hardest things to do yes in life is it's not about me yeah even when we try not to be selfish, you know, because we naturally are just selfish beings. But when you can actually put yourself to the side, that's growth for sure. That's yeah. growth in all of us. And that's what Jesus and what God wants us to be like. He wants us. That's our purpose on earth is to shine our light, you know, to be more like him. And if we all just did that, um, this world would be a better place. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> So many people are so wrapped up in things that don't even matter. Mm -hmm. Like, really, none of this stuff matters. We all have a purpose on this earth. And I know for sure that helping each other is mm -hmm. one of the main things that we're supposed to do while we're here. Yeah. yeah. So with that mindset, how do you go about being an example mm -hmm. uh, to your younger sister? So with Sanaya, Ever since being that we have, me and my sister have an 18 year age gap, so technically I could be her mother. Yeah. <laughs> my mom had me at 18, my sister at 18. We're literally 18 apart, me, my mom, and my sister. So I have to balance being a sister and being an older woman in her life because part of me just wants to play with her all the time, but then sometimes I have to say, okay. She needs guidance and she needs you to show her the way. And anything that I wish that I had known when I was younger, I want to be able to show her. Yeah. Me and my mom, we have a great relationship, but some things we just didn't talk about. And um, sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, I wish I was open with my mom. My sister will be able to do that because I'm not her mother, mm -hmm. but I'm old enough to be her mother. So I can tell her things like, hey, listen to me. I'm not talking to you as your mom, I'm talking to you as your sister. Yeah. And um, I just, I've, ever since she was born, I just like, I look at her as my baby, honestly. Like, that's my baby. Even when she gets on my nerves, I'm like, that's my baby. I just, she's on a different path than I was at her age. She's, she's got a different type of schooling. She has a different mind. She's just really different from me in general. And so I just want to see her succeed in whatever she decides to do. And, I know she sees everything I do, even when I think she's not watching, she's watching. Mm -hmm. And you know, sometimes I'll do something and I'll regret it. And I'll just go to her and say, I'm sorry, I apologize, you know. Yeah. And that takes a lot because sometimes I want to be like, it doesn't matter. But it does because I remember things from when I was a child that somebody might have done to me that I still hold that grudge. Yeah. And it's like, if they would have just taken the time to say, I'm sorry, or, you know, you know, I was just in a bad mood or something. It would have affected it. It changed everything. So I try to think about that now with her, even though she's only nine. And you might think, oh, they won't remember that. They will. Yeah. They remember things and they'll hold it against you. <laughs> so I'm like, I try my best to, you know, show her the way, show her that her sister loves her no matter what. And I just want her to be even better than me. I always tell her that. I'm like, I want you to be better than me. Yeah. And no matter what that is, whatever she decides to do. But I love having a little sister. It makes me kind of, it makes me want to be better. It makes me want to be even better because I'm like, I've got somebody watching me. So, and she is watching. <laughs> She's always. So what do you, you ever have those obvious generational gaps where you look at 
things that she's been exposed to and yeah. and you reflect upon yourself like man I don't I didn't I don't know like um, like for now when I refer to 20 year olds like mm-hmm. younger it is natural for me to say kids yeah because at that age I look like a kid yeah. with my mentality mm-hmm. but it's just different for them yeah than it was for definitely yeah i know every generation says this but things are definitely different now like they say there's nothing new under the sun but my sister is nine years old and her half her classmates have cell phones and i'm like what do they need a cell phone for they're on instagram and facebook and that's scary yeah because you know the more technology the more dangerous it is and i'm just like i didn't have a cell phone until i was 16 like I had to go buy my own. My mom was like, "No, I'm not buying you a cell phone." So things are easy, they're more susceptible and easier to access through things. And that's my biggest fear is you know any harm coming to her through anything. So I do see like with the age gap, like wow, they do things so differently, and they they talk to each other so mean. You know, like when I was younger, we would pick with each other and stuff, but. It's just scarier now to me. Yeah. These times are a little bit scarier. They make you really cautious, especially when you hear about children like harming themselves from being bullied and things like that. It's just like, wow, you know, when we were younger, we might have got bullied, but we didn't think about ending our lives. We just maybe cried about it or told our parents. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, you're like, you have to really worry about the young people. Yeah. You really have to, their mental health and all that. It's serious. It's funny because like I didn't know the more I heard about bullying in the mm-hmm. last few years yeah. going back to when I was younger I didn't know that's what it was yeah. I just thought you know that's you just get picked get. on yeah. you just get talked about you know, your mom get talked about you get pushed yeah. around um, you still go to class you learn and it's just it's just a routine yeah. you just know don't mess with them they don't like you leave them alone stay away from them yeah but I didn't look and like you said we never thought that it would get to that point where we were like you know what I don't think I belong here yeah it's scary I mean and I don't know if that's like a lack of love or whatever from home or if it's just that bad now and it makes you you just have to take care of your people your young people and all that you have to let them know that they're loved you have to let them know that they're beautiful yeah. You have to strengthen their mind at home so that when they are not home, they know who they are still. Yeah. And but I mean, I don't know. It's just the devil is real. He's busy and he is real. Yeah. So you have to remember that and stay prayed up, stay strong. You know, stay grounded. And that's what we try to tell Sanaya. Like, just remember whose you are. You are God's child. So don't follow. Be a leader. Somebody put their hands on you, let us know. I tell my sister all the time, I don't care how old I am, I will beat one of them kids <laughs> up. And she knows I am serious. Yeah. <laughs> so you just have to, It's. I mean, it's a different time. Like I know people always say, oh, the times are, in, we're getting closer to the end of time. And I believe it. Like, seriously, the way this world is going, yeah, yeah I mean, it's scary. What uh, I was telling a friend, yeah. how something can happen, you hear about it on the news, yeah. and it could be the same situation that you heard like a couple of weeks ago but it always surprises me and the reason being is because we have come too far and we get all the way over here but we choose to take 10 steps back it's it not it's not a happenstance it's just we we specifically chose to do what was wrong yeah and that that really gets under my skin Mm because like somebody an adult Mm -hmm. 
made this decision. Yeah. And you can't blame these kids yeah. because these kids can only do what they see. Exactly. And if you are the example, then they're reflecting you. Yeah. And the things that they're being exposed to now, it's they're being exposed to it at a much younger age. Yeah. It's not fair. No. It's not fair to them. And it's just it's so easy for us just to ignore it. Sometimes like when my mom would tell me um, don't let I listen to this song on the radio. Don't listen to this and that. And I'd be like, it's just a song. Just the beat sounds good. But I understand now, like, things that you hear and see go in you. Like, yeah. they, whether it be something on TV, like, I didn't, my mom, we didn't even grow up with cable in the house. I only had, like, six channels. We had antenna, six channels. And my, my bad show is, like, watching Maury and stuff. But now you got cable in the house and... Even the te- even the kids' shows, to me, are not appropriate. So it's like, TV time is okay, but you just have to make sure that whatever your kids or your family are watching, they're not, like, soaking that into them internally, you know? Yeah. You can't keep them from everything, because even the things at school that they're exposed to that we don't really know, it's just it's scary. Like, <laughs> I can't help but think of that. It's just you really have to be cautious of what, even with us as adults, I thought, oh, you know, I'm 27, our minds are strong, but what you watch and things you listen to, you pick it up. Yeah. You really will. And um, feeding, some things know how to feed into our emotions. Yeah. And, um, like, I was watching this, um, I'm watching these documentaries on Netflix mm-hmm. about, like, I saw the Ted Bundy tapes. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, that is, that gives, that will give you chills. Yeah, I won't watch it. Man. <laughs> But I was like, I can't believe this one person did this. Like, um, and I'm watching this other documentary about this girl who was abducted twice. I heard about that. And it was their neighbor. And he developed a relationship with the mom and the father, and only to get close to the daughter. And the way that he manipulated them to us sounds crazy yeah. in 2019. You're like, how can you let this happen? Yeah. But nope, the America wasn't introduced to these concepts, kidnapping, yeah. serial killing into the 70s, so this was new to them. Yeah. Um, but now we're facing a lot of different oppositions, and most of it is uh, via technology yeah. and having things uh, being accessible yeah. uh, at, at, the, at your fingertips. Exactly. So. You're right. Technology is a blessing and a curse. I mean, things, certain things I just don't watch. Like, I don't like to watch people fight. I don't like to see on Facebook. I don't like to see people posting things like that. It, it angers me. Like, yeah. why are you posting that? Like, it's like even just someone who will sit there and watch that kind of stuff. It makes me think, what, what kind of mind do you have where you actually enjoy it? Enjoy yeah. watching things that you know are bad and just not good. And it's like. You just, I don't know, you have to think about people, you, even people close to you, you have to like wonder where their head is certain certain times, mm-hmm. to, depending on what they do, you know, just like, you have to be cautious, you even have to watch your people, even your family members, you know, you might think, oh, that's normal, but some things are not normal, yeah. you know, uh, negativity and abuse and things like that aren't normal, and if they don't recognize it, they'll never change. You know? So having the the desire to see things beyond the surface, mm-hmm. is that something that has already been embedded in you, always been embedded in you, or is that something that you learned from your family? I think it's always been embedded in me. Um, 
and even my mom she even says sometimes you know my mom wasn't my, my mother was raised by a single mom and my grandmother's pretty uh, and she doesn't let she didn't let anything happen or she didn't let certain things go on without her being aware of it mm-hmm. but she always kind of raised me like this is not good this is okay you know I just kind of always can't think of the word right now but I know good and bad and, yeah. and I just always know how to differentiate like some people don't know some people think that stuff is normal where I feel like my mom did a pretty good job of raising me of right from wrong yeah. and and being that I believe in God I do believe that we have a Holy Spirit within us that kind of like even if you don't know you'll have a feeling within you like that kind of just tells you like something's not right about that mm-hmm. or I shouldn't do this or I shouldn't be around this you know like sometimes you say like oh, something yeah. told me something told me not to go here something told me not to do this or something told me not to go that that's if you have it in you the Holy Spirit but if you don't have it in you, then you might not know to not do certain things, yeah. you know? So I think, I'm so thankful that my mom introduced me to God at an early age. And she didn't force it on me. She kind of like, I watched my mom. We kind of grew up together in a sense. Yeah. What she was learning, I was learning. Yeah. And so, you know, it's not like she just knew everything and was just like, no, 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 or yes, yes, yes. We grew together. She would learn something and she like teaching me. So. We do together, and I appreciate that. And I think she did a great job. She wasn't like a perfect mom, but she did a good job. That was the best thing she could have ever done for me was introduce me to God. So that, and from there, it's just like a growing. It's just ever, always growing, you know. So do y'all have conversations frequently? Like me and my mom. Yeah. Every day, it's like my <laughs> best friend. Me and my mom, we talk all day. Like I could just talk to her all day sometimes. You know, we get into it sometimes, mm-hmm. but I just we're so much alike. You know, even if we're both wrong, we'd be wrong together. So <laughs> I just, yeah, I have a really good relationship with my mom. And and um, I think, if I think of myself as a pretty decent person, I would say I owe it to her. Yeah. For sure, yeah. Because that's, uh, that's the same type of relationship I had with mine. Yeah. And we could talk about anything. And it, had, it wasn't always like that when yeah. I was younger. Talking to mom, it felt like. I would always be viewed as her son, yeah. so I can only go so far before she has to step in as a parent. Yeah. Say, why are you doing this? And you get tired of being questioned. Yeah. So when I became an adult, things that were happening to me, not just as a man but as a person, mm-hmm. she could identify with. Yeah. So she was like, oh, yeah. So, and that's the best feeling ever. Yeah, it is. And like, oh, my parent went through that too. I'm yeah. not alone. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> at some point. You, you put your we put our parents on pedestals yeah especially when you're little because they're they're our primary source yeah uh, but one thing that mom taught me and that she wanted me and my sisters to know mm-hmm. was you shouldn't depend on resources mm-hmm. you should depend on the primary source mm-hmm. which is God yeah and I remember reflecting that upon her via conversation and she just she cried she cried on the phone and i'm like what's wrong she said i can die now because that's all i wanted y'all to know yeah that's if there's anything i taught you despite what happened Mm -hmm. that's what i wanted you all to know and having a relationship with your parent Mm -hmm. it's it's nothing like it yeah it's nothing like it and we don't appreciate it when we're younger when we're older we start to realize like wow mom is right i should listen to her and even like you said about putting your parent on the pedestal with my mom, I did, and it wasn't until like I would see like, oh, she messes up too, 
it kind of it kind of gave me the feeling of well she doesn't know everything that's with with a mom and daughter mom and daughter is always going to have this relationship most of the time where sometimes they headbutt yeah you know especially <laughs> when you get kind of older and you think well you don't know everything you still got to respect your parent of course yeah but some you know what learning that my mom wasn't perfect also made me respect her more because now i feel like okay i can talk to her about this because she's not perfect either and mm-hmm. when you find out that they can relate you're like wow they're not just um my parent they're my friend and you know some people say um that's your child not your friend but i totally disagree and my mom totally disagrees too you can be your child's friend and parent as long as they know to respect you, you yeah know? so yeah my mom is definitely my best friend and i love that she is not afraid to admit when she's wrong and she's she, we're always learning and growing and if she made any mistake she can admit it she'll apologize you know sometimes we could talk about things that i say you know well you know i didn't like that you did this or that and she'll you know even if it was 15 years ago she'll apologize and that can really affect your relationship you know when your parent is willing to admit like i might have done this wrong mm-hmm. i apologize i'm learning learn from it you know? yeah. have you ever approached her with the most drastic experiences you had or you kept them to yourself um some things well i'll say this um i experienced something as a child that um i kind of carry with me even now i'm still dealing with it now mm-hmm. and I pretty much let her know, like, I blamed you for this, and I'm still angry with you for this, but I want to forgive you. And she was like, wow, I didn't know that you were still mad at me, you know? I said, yeah, and that really kind of affected our relationship because I always kind of held this over her head with her not knowing. Yeah. And so we discussed it, and we I'm working on it now, even now, with getting over it. And... But you, if you don't tell a person, they'll never know. Sometimes people don't know. Sometimes you think, well, they should know. Sometimes people don't know. You have to talk to them about it. You have to be open and discuss what you're feeling so that you can resolve it. Yeah. So um, I talk to her about most things. Some things I don't want to talk to her about just because I'm like, that's my mom. Yeah. You know, but I feel comfortable with coming to her just with just about anything. Yeah. So, yeah. It's funny because... Because a lot of things, like case in point, uh, I forgot the name of that. Uh, the situation where the woman came forth and she said the uh, the judge mm-hmm. had um, sexually assaulted her oh, back yeah. in college. And this was like 30, 40 years ago. And everybody's argument was, why now? Yeah. Why are you bringing it up now? Yeah. And, you know, my initial response was, I mean, that's, that's, that's a good question. Yeah. But it doesn't make it less valid. Yeah that experience i agree i struggle with that too with the thought like with bill cosby the issues like that that transpired a long time ago and you wonder what was their motive for bringing it up but we carry things i'm sure we can all think of things that happen younger or whatever age and you think to yourself sometimes well that happened so long ago i should just get over it or i should move on but it you can't you literally can't it's something that you will take to your grave if you don't say it so I think I found in my heart that I believe no matter how long ago it was if it's still bothering you if it's still affecting your life where you can't progress bring it up talk about it you know and that's the only way to heal I believe you know Mm -hmm. because you'll even try to make yourself stop thinking about it just to get over it but you can't and I think God probably does that on purpose because 
it needs to be brought to the light even if it was a mistake or something that it's not a it might not seem like a big deal but inside of you in your heart it obviously is a big deal yeah. so you have to in order to truly be happy you have to talk about it you have to bring it up whatever it is even if you think it's not that serious you have to bring it up and you're gonna feel like so much better yeah after you talk about it you're gonna feel so much better because now you've like released it a little bit you know mm-hmm. so i definitely feel like that was the right thing to do you know even if it is 30 40 years i know that i know older people now who are still carrying things from years and years ago and mm-hmm. you know what now they can't talk to the person that they want to talk to about it because they're not here anymore yeah you know so and, and there's a, there's freedom in that and, and liberation definitely and, um, if you don't find a place or anybody to release that to yeah. and even so like recently over the last maybe 10 years I found out how I used to think that it was wrong to get upset with God mm-hmm. and to challenge him but like yeah. how, why would I do that nah, yeah. that's like you shouldn't yeah. but he actually asks us that we do so that because he said his word won't come back and void yeah. now if you which is funny because you can quote somebody that has said something to you that was yeah. offensive and they say I didn't say that yeah. but you know they did yeah. and they totally deny it yeah. so they make you feel like an idiot Yeah. so it makes it seem whatever you're going through uh, there's no validity in yeah. it and that's that's not right because that's that's our human reaction yeah. is to defend ourselves Definitely. but you have somebody that's all knowing yes. and all right and all truth he doesn't have to defend himself because yeah. he is what he is. Yep. So, and we uh, have to look at like how they always say, you know, God wants us to come to us as his father. But because of his power and his strength, we're like, okay, but he's like a different kind of father. Yeah. Where I can get mad at my biological father all day like it's nothing. Chew him out. <laughs> and, you know, you like, can't do that to God. Like, he'd probably strike me down. But I, like, come to him sometimes like, you know, you're my dad. You're my father. I, I asked you not to do this or I asked you to do this for me what happened I'm yeah. upset and I think he likes that because that's communication yeah. where sometimes we just oh let me say my prayers at night let me say my grace he wants us to have that relationship with him like super close like he knows everything already so why not just be open about it but I yeah. think sometimes when we confess we like gosh I'm like confessing and I'm telling him how I really feel and we want to make him proud naturally we want to make God proud so I feel like you know what just treat him as he's real treat him like he's a real person in front of you talk to him about how you would now I don't agree with all the vulgar language and all that or some yeah. people feel like they can cuss and all that when they're, I don't know about all that but yeah. you gotta be real with him if you can't be real, real with anybody else you should be able to be real with God yeah. cause he already knows he's just waiting for you to open up about it like he already knows we can't hide anything from him right so mm-hmm. you might as well be real have you ever felt that in your life, well, even now, mm-hmm. do you have a fear of disappointing your mom? Yes. I'm, yeah. I still have a, a big fear of disappointing her with anything. Like, this might be personal, but my mom had me at an early age. She had me um, 17 years old, going into 18. So growing up, my biggest fear was always um, getting pregnant at an early age. Mm-hmm. I was always like, oh my gosh, you know, that would just disappoint my mom because she was like, you should have learned from me. And even at 27 now, I want to, of course, be married and all that before I have children. So God forbid if I was to come up expecting a child and not be married, I would be terrified to tell my mom. Like, yeah. I would be terrified like she's about to beat me or something, like I'm still 
15 living at home but that's just because of the respect I have for her and how I want her to view me I want mm -hmm. her to be proud and even though she's already told me she would never be disappointed in me yeah I do still have a big fear of like doing anything that would disappoint her you know so it's just that but that's out of love for sure like I want her to be proud I want her to say yeah that's my child and even though they'll do that no matter what you just you just don't want to do anything to hurt them mm -hmm. you know so that's the biggest thing you don't want to hurt your parents and it thinks you think you've come so far and you've gotten so much older. You're like, yeah. man, that stuff I ain't worried about that. Yeah. But when certain things happen, you're like, dang, I wonder what mom's gonna yeah. think. Yeah. And you and you then become self-reflective. Mm -hmm. Like, dang, I'm a, I'm a grown, I'm a grown up. Yeah. I'm an adult. Why do I feel this way? Because we'll always be their children. Yeah. Like even when we're 50, we're always gonna be their child, and that's a blessing. Where some people might not feel that with their parents. Some people don't really care what their parents think or yeah. how they feel. It's a blessing to actually care about what your parents think of you because that means they raised you well mm -hmm. because you know what they expect from you yeah. and what they don't want to put up with or what they don't expect from you. So I think um, not wanting to disappoint your parents is a sign that they raised you well and that um, you know that they know you can do better. So do yeah. better. Yeah. I actually never thought of it that way. Yeah. It's, it's really, uh, a, it's like really shows that y'all have a bond because some people think after 18, yeah, not your parents' responsibility, but I think, I don't have children, but I feel that once you become a parent, that that just changes your whole mindset, your whole life, because you birthed a person into this world. That's your being, you know, yeah. even though God bless you with them. That's your person. You know, you created them. So no matter how old they are, you're always going to be concerned about them. It's like you always have to worry all your life because you got a person in this world that you created. Yeah. It's not like when we turn 18, they're like, oh, you're not my responsibility no more. Or, you know, that's not my experience. So I'm always, I mean, sometimes I think about like, gosh, what would I do with my mom? You know, that's why I really try to appreciate my mom now because I know they can be taken from you at any moment. And that's like probably my biggest fear, like yeah. losing a parent, especially my mom. Yeah. Especially when you have um, constant communication yeah. with her. Um, I realized that with mine, when certain things happen in my life, she's probably one of the first people I tell. Yeah. Um, recently, of course, it's been Adrian. Yeah. Uh, but mom, she's something happened to me. Um, I think it was last week. And it was a spiritual revelation. I said, if there's anybody I can tell, it has to be her. Yeah. But it was a bittersweet experience because I know one day. I won't be able to do that. Seller, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, wow. And that expecting or the possibility of mm -hmm. that void. Yeah. Um, it's even, one that you're not ever going to be prepared to. No, you're not. Yeah. You're not. And, um, but I love the saying that, you know, God never puts more on you than you can bear. And yeah. I've even, I even have some friends who've lost both of their parents. And I sometimes sit and think like, what would I do if I couldn't just call my mom when I wanted to? You know, it really makes you have more um, respect for them and appreciate them even more because you know that could happen. So yeah. you just appreciate any time you have with them, and you just you have to always be thinking, love them while they're here. Yeah. You always have to. Be. And uh, I guess to, to sum all that up, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> what would you say is the uh, the glory in your story? Oh man, that's a tough question. Um, I would say the glory in my story would be that I am loved. I know that I am loved, not only by my family, but God. Um, life is not bad for me. Like, even if I'm not the richest person in the world, life is good. And 
I live every day knowing that it's another day I've never seen that I'll never see again mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. I feel that I'm living out my purpose as I'm learning every day and as I'm growing I'm fulfilling my purpose yeah that's my glory yeah I was uh, watching I'll say this before I cut this spot in the episode mm-hmm. I had went to go see uh, Bohemian Rhapsody uh-huh. about um, the Queen Freddie Mercury was it good? man <laughs> It was so good that I'm actually watching video footage of them actually performing and watching wow. interviews. Like I'm so intrigued by Freddie Mercury. Wow. And how all of that came about because mm-hmm. relating to what you just said, mm-hmm. I'm not really telling the movie. It's just yeah. he because he died of having HIV. Oh wow. And he admitted to having it to his band members before that famous performance they had in 1985 in mm-hmm. London. It's big. It was, um, what is it? Africa Aid. Mm-hmm. It was this, um... Like a benefit concert? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And it, this place was packed. Wow. Like, it was, people were specks from the sky. Like, wow. it was it was just this massive arena. And everybody there knew Queen. They knew other artists would show up. I think U2 was there, Phil Collins, mm-hmm. like all the stars from the 80s yeah. they were there but when Freddie Mercury walked on that stage yeah. he, he killed it wow. and but the thing was he admitted to having it and I guess to persuade his band to do it he said what if the next day you reflected back on this and thought I could have done better yeah like how would you feel like we gotta do this yeah but that was one of his last performances yeah and like wow. you said what if this was all i had yeah what, what was this what if this was a day i cannot repeat yeah how would i live it yeah and he knew that he had a, a special talent he knew he had a a, a voice none like, unlike anybody else yeah. and he maximized it until he died wow and living to his full potential yeah you have to live to your fullest potential or you'll regret it well, I thank you uh, for your time. Thank you for uh, having me. Ms. Hunt. Um, again, this is episode 49 of the Glory in Our Stories with Sakoni Hunt. Mm-hmm.